Good morning, Avalon Church. Hope everybody's doing phenomenal on this beautiful morning that the Lord's created. Let's go before him right now and worship. We bless you today, Jesus. We say you are amazing. You are awesome. And we thank you, Lord God, that we can trust you in this time. Come on. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Yeah. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. In every season, in every season, your grace has been enough. And I'm believing the best is yet to come, yeah. The cross before me, my hope on things above. And in you, Jesus, the best is yet to come, yeah, yeah. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. Hallelujah. Like never before. 
Hallelujah. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many know that he is our song today, our refuge? Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song, for you are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. Oh, you are good, you're good. Oh, you are good. You're good, yes. Oh, let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves. Oh, he is my song. Oh, let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, he is my song. Sing it again. Let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the ways. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, he is my song. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. So good. Oh, you are good. So good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, come on. This is promise today. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. Oh, you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. Sing it again, say you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. No, you won't, Lord. No, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You are good, you're good. Oh, you are good. 
so good yes oh you are good you're good oh you are good you're good oh and we say god you're so good come on tell him god you're so good oh god you're so good you're so good to me sing it again say god you're so good say god you're so good yeah god you're so good we say god you're so good you're so good to me hallelujah just bless the name of jesus right now we're going to enter into a time of prayer with nancy good morning church family I'm just going to read from Jesus Calling, um, today's actually, Welcome Problems as Perspective Lifters, My Children. My children tend to sleepwalk through their days until they bump into an obstacle that stymies them. If you encounter a problem with no immediate solution, your response to that situation will take you either up or down. You can lash out at the difficulty, resenting it and feeling sorry for yourself. This will take you down into a pit of self-pity. Alternatively, the problem can be a ladder, enabling you to climb up and see your life from my perspective. Viewed from above, the obstacle that frustrated you is only a light and momentary trouble. Once your perspective has been heightened, you can look away from the problem altogether. Turn toward me and see the light of my presence shining upon you. And today's scriptures were uh, 2 Corinthians 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For that what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And then Psalm 89, 15, blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. We ask you to lift the burdens. We ask you to give us that heavenly perspective. And sometimes that's so hard for us. Father, we just lift up your name. We ask you to enter into your presence right now as we learn more about your promises. Speak clearly to our hearts. Take away any obstacles that might keep us from your truth. And it's in your strong name we pray, Jesus. Amen. 
And now we're going to go to Pastor Don. Well, hey, good morning, Avalon Church. And thank you, Nancy. I, I love praying the Psalms. Um, that's, that's the Psalm or the prayer book that Jesus used. And uh, I just, uh, I, I appreciate so much you reading those scriptures um, before leading us uh, to the throne of grace. I um, want to ask you, Avalon Church, did any of you look at social media yesterday? Did you look at any of the posts? Um, I'm not talking about the fact that three of our staff had birthdays in the same week. I'm talking about what happened yesterday at the toilet paper giveaway. I, I really think that might be a first for any church. But um, Dennis, could you show that picture? Look at all of the people who were a part of the toilet paper giveaway. Now, Minus the fact that they, uh, it, it only looks like there's not six feet between them all, but that's just an illusion. I'm sure that there is. Uh, I wish you could have seen some of the pictures. There were cars wrapped around that parking lot. And uh, for everybody in this picture, everybody who served yesterday, you made Jesus look so good to our community. Thank you so much. What an awesome thing you did yesterday. And thank you, Dennis. Um, Mauricio, Jennifer Campos, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, organizing that and just having the creativity to uh, come up with such a, a crazy concept that is so needed in our community. It was, it was awesome, it really was. Um, you know, a few years ago, there was this punk pop band named the 77 that they, they released this funny album that was so different than anything they'd done called and there was this song on the album called all the doubt in town and uh the say the, the song was inspired by the lead singer's grandpa he he called him papa and in the 1940s his grandpa and his grandma were two two young teenagers who got married way too young due to an unexpected pregnancy and so together they bought an old house and on this bad side of town, you know, they struggled to, to make ends meet. And after a little while, the wife, uh, the pregnant wife told her new husband that maybe it was a mistake. Maybe she should just uh, move back in with her parents and end it. And the husband's response is the chorus of the song. And it goes like this. You can see it on your screen. All the doubt in town ain't enough to shake the ground that my feet have been walking on. Because, girl, I love you now until I hear that trumpet sound. Wherever you are, I belong. And, and the story of the song continues about the husband losing his job at Christmas time and the bills piling up and the wife just being so scared. And by now they had this little baby. And again, she's like, maybe I just need to move back in with my parents. They can take care of us. I'm not sure we're going to make it. And the husband, with that same resolve, said the same words, all the doubt in town. It's not enough to keep, uh, it's not enough to shake the ground that, that keep my feet, that my feet have been walking on. Because, girl, I love you now until I hear that trumpet sound. Wherever you are, I belong. The third verse jumps to their 60th anniversary. Papa's in the hospital, surrounded by all the kids and the grandkids. And Mama is reflecting on how fast those years have passed by. And that, she's there next to that hospital bed praying for her faithful man that he wouldn't die. And Mama kept, she was asking Papa how he knew that they would make it this far. And, and no matter, uh, he says, no matter how much doubt, no matter how much struggle, he said, I made a promise to you, and I'm going to keep that promise. Now, my daughter, um, Allie and I, we love that song, and uh, we, we share a love. And, and Dennis, you can remove the, the lyrics. Um, there's something moving about the willingness to sacrifice 
to keep a promise, isn't it? It's so inspiring when you see that kind of commitment that no matter what, I'm going to keep my word. What I said I would do, I will do. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the scriptures record over 7,000 promises that God has made to his people, sometimes to individuals, sometimes to groups and corporately, and sometimes to all of us, 7,000 promises. And, and though some were very specific uh, to people, um, many of them were to all of his people. And late in life, um, the disciple Peter, uh, he was reflecting on his journey with Jesus. You know, it was years after the resurrection, and, and he was reflecting on God's promises and his faithfulness to those promises. And even in the midst of suffering that he and the early church they were experiencing together, Peter wrote to a church. Uh, that was wondering why it was taking Jesus so long to return. Why was it taking so long for all of the promises of the end to come uh, to fruition? And this is what Peter said. He said, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Not as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. He wants everyone to experience life. You know, it's not in our time frame often when, when the Lord's promises uh, happen, and when, uh, but he is faithful, and God keeps his promises. It's who he is. It's, it's, it's his character, and it's God's desire for all to know him and to experience life in him. Now, we're continuing today in our Uncertain series, and uh, we're looking at how difficult times reveal who we are in Jesus. And last week we talked about uh, being part of this, this epic, this grand story of God. And that this, this story is so much bigger than we can imagine. It's a story of redemption and resurrection. It's a story that, of, of God moving us towards an end. But he's going there with us or in spite of us. And we have the freedom to join him in the story or reject him. But God's deepest desire is revealed through his willingness to die on that cross for us. That God wants to share the story with us. That's what Jesus' death made possible. But sometimes we, we lose sight of where the story's going. Sometimes we, we don't know how we fit in. And so throughout history, God has given these, these promises to his people, kind of like mile markers on a journey that assure us that despite how different the story is from what we expect, he has not forgotten us. He is still participating with us to the story's end. See, promises provoke faith. Promises offer hope. And those that have been fulfilled, the promises that have been fulfilled, assure us of the promises that have yet to be fulfilled. It's kind of like those lyrics a little bit ago. It's when we look back and we see how big and how faithful uh, the God that we trust is, that, that we realize that the promises that have yet to come to fruition, he will be faithful to accomplish those. At the end of this message, I'm going to uh, give you a devotion. I'm going to invite you to participate in a devotion with me this week. It's a five-day devotion that um, will really help us discover some additional uh, promises that God has for us. But I want to set the stage this morning by sharing some of the, 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 the greatest, most ginormous and important promises that God has given 
for his story with us. The, these promises today, they're, they're truly pillars of our story with God. And I mentioned them last year, but I, I think that it's so important to, to really internalize these pillars that, that every promise that we have is really based on these pillars. And probably one of the first and the biggest promises is the one that was made from God to Abraham 4,000 years ago. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a promise that still includes us today where Abraham was told to go. And when he did, God promised him in verse uh, Genesis 12 too, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who treat you with contempt. And all of the families on the earth will be blessed through you. I mean, through this one chosen family, God is going to bless all families through through the nation that that his descendants Abraham and Sarah's descendants would become through that nation God would bless all nations and and this promise this was revealing God's love for not just Abraham but for all humanity and how all of us would have the opportunity to participate in his story see that first that early promise revealed God's love and his commitment to pursue us and to offer life and restoration and redemption to us. See, this is a, this is a promise that led to the creation of a nation. And when, when those, uh, those descendants of Abraham had grown to huge number, they were, uh, God called Moses to lead them out into the promised land. And in the midst of that journey, God told Moses and the Israelites this promise in Exodus 19. If you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my kingdom priests, my holy nation. See, they're part of the story. God's promise to them was if they would remain faithful to him, they would become the instrument through which God would bring the whole entire world back to himself. They would be a nation of priests. And priests are never about the priests. Priests are about the other people, those who are disconnected from God. See, a nation of priests is a nation existing as God's tangible presence in the world. But unfortunately, these Children of Abraham were also children of Adam and Eve. And like us, the, the temptation of, of wanting what I want and wanting it now was just too great for that nation. And they failed to keep their half of the covenant. And in response, God made another promise. This time it was to King David. And it was another mile marker in history where God told David in 2 Samuel, your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time, and your throne will be secure forever. David, your throne, your kingship is going to last forever, which appeared true for two generations until, as Pastor Jim likes to say, the poo hit the fan, and a civil war started, and the nation of Israel was split into two. And it wasn't uh, but a couple hundred years later when the northern kingdom was absolutely obliterated off the face of the earth. And then the southern kingdom, David's kingdom, was exiled to Babylon. And honestly, at that moment, it looked like God was not going to 
could not keep his promise. And right in the middle of that lost hope, in, in this foreign country of Babylon, the prophet Isaiah records a promise about a special person who would be sent from God, a Messiah in the line of David. And the Lord said about this Messiah, you, the sent one, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. This is, this is bigger than Israel. I will make you a light to the Gentiles. I will make you a light to all the people on the earth, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. I mean, God is saying, my promise to Abraham, it's still good. My promise to Moses and Israel, it's still relevant. My promise to David, check, we're all in. And what I want you to see in the scripture is I want you to, to look at the, the two images in this promise from the Lord, that you will be a light to the Gentiles and you will bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Where have we heard this before? I mean, it's Jesus. I mean, think about it. Matthew 5, you are a light. You are the light of the world. Acts 1, that when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you will become my witnesses to the end of the earth. I mean, he's using the exact same words right out of Isaiah. He told his followers that this is it. You are the light. You will bring salvation to the whole world. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. And as followers of Jesus, we are a people participating in God's great ongoing promises. There's, there's this, this letter in, the, in the, the letter to Hebrews in the New Testament. He explains something so fascinating about these promises that we just talked about. He says that all of these people, this is Hebrews 11, all of these people, Abraham, Moses, David, the prophets, all of these, they earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. See, for God had something better in mind for us. So that they, you know, the promises would not reach perfection. They would not come to a conclusion without us. See, the people in the past, Abraham, Moses, David, the prophets, they were given promises from God. And they believed those promises, even though they never saw the fulfillment in their own lifetime. Abraham, he, he never saw more than two descendants, Isaac and Ishmael. Moses, he didn't even get to enter the promised land. David's kingdom fell apart after those two generations. They never saw the fulfillment of the promises. <laughs> but we have. So, the writer of Hebrews, he continues, and he says in verse 1 of chapter 12, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, all these people who've gone before us, they, they witness to the promises of God. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, the self-centeredness, the pride, the selfishness, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, the men and women who went before us, they, they never saw God fulfill those promises, yet they trusted God. How much more can we? And here's how. Verse 2, 
We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor besides, beside God's throne. That Jesus went, he suffered and died. He, he experienced the waiting of the fulfillment of the promise, but now he is enjoying the fulfillment. See, Hebrews, the, the author of Hebrews is telling us, don't keep your eyes fixed on COVID. Don't, don't keep your eyes fixed on, on, the, on the government as our savior or, or as the economy, the worry, or, or the struggles that we have from staying home. Don't keep your eyes fixed on those. We are a people of a great promise, of great promises. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the fulfillment of the promise. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and amen. So what I want to encourage you today is live your life as a disciple of the one who is the fulfillment of God's epic story. The one who invites you to follow him and join him in what he is doing in the world. Get to know him. Begin reading the, the New Testament, the stories and the letters. And, and like, like Nancy led us at the beginning, pray the prayers of the Bible. Pray the Psalms. They're the prayer book that Jesus used. And live as Jesus' hands and feet to those around you. I mean, <laughs> like that toilet paper giveaway yesterday. Meet needs and love people as Jesus loves you. And be somebody who keeps their promises. Be a people of integrity. If you say you're going to do something, do it, even if it costs you, because that's what Jesus does. That's what the God does who keeps his promises. We follow him. We follow a God that keeps his promises. And there's just something wonderful, something moving, something inspiring when we, we witness people willing to keep their promise, even at huge sacrifice. I want to encourage you to join me. I want to encourage you to join me in a devotion that, that, actually, that you can begin today or tomorrow, but <clears throat> it's a five-day devotion that we're going to do this week. And um, the, this devotion is, uh, you can see there on your screen, it, you can just go to avalonchurch.org slash promises devo. It is a version devotion that, um, that you can interact with me and with each other in. And um, I'm going to start that tomorrow morning and I hope you'll join me as we, we learn more of the promises that as followers of Jesus that, that have been promised to us. And we talked about the promises, the big promises that encompass all of history. But there are some very specific promises that Jesus offers to us. I want to pray together. Before I do, um, I, I want to encourage you in just a minute. We're going to, Joe and Jenny Chow are going to be leading us in communion. Communion is so special because it, it is that picture of the promise fulfilled. It's the picture of Jesus dying for our sins and for the forgiveness of our sins. So my prayer is that you, would choose to follow Jesus, that you would choose to give your allegiance to him and participate in the story that you were created for. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I'm so glad that you fulfilled the story and I'm so glad that we get to live on this side 
of the cross and the resurrection, being able to look back and see how you fulfilled all of the promises that you had made since the beginning, beginning of time. Right now, God, as, uh, as we're all sitting in our homes or it's on our phones and, um, and, and thinking about you, th- hearing these stories of these promises, I pray, give us the courage and the boldness to follow you. It's so easy in these times to just keep going on with life and not being intentional. Help us to, um, to learn how to be, be intentional when it comes to getting to know you, reading your, your word, praying to you, uh, even fellowshipping, if it be by phone call or FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. But Jesus, I pray that you help us to trust you for your promises, even the ones that have yet to be fulfilled. And we do trust you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for this time. Let's let's observe communion together with Jenny and Joe. Ciao. Don, uh, thank you for that message. Uh, I am really touched. And as I was preparing for our time today being the Lord's table, uh, it feels like the Lord's spirit uh, was touching my heart very similarly to uh, many of the things that you're saying. Uh, I'm Joe Chow, and this is my wonderful wife, Jenny Chow. And uh, we've been coming to Avalon now for about two, maybe three years. And um, as I was preparing for our time, uh, the Lord led me to Isaiah 61, uh, verses 1 and 2. Those of you who are Bible scholars will know that this is the place where, um, where uh, Jesus, after coming from uh, 40 days of fasting, goes to the synagogue and reads. Uh, and this is a familiar passage for me. Um, and as I was meditating on it this week, uh, the Lord uh, opened my eyes to some things and uh, I'd like to share them with you. Um, it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Um, there's a lot here. Uh, it's like I said, it's a familiar passage, but as I was meditating on it, the Lord kind of pressed me into one area, and that is this phrase to proclaim freedom to the captives. Uh, I don't know why, but whenever I read this, that area has always uh, been, has always resonated with my heart. And um, maybe it's just, watching uh, Braveheart too many times or something like that. Uh, But there is something about setting the captives free that resonated with my heart. So as I kind of leaned into it, I thought about what was Isaiah thinking as he thought about a captive? I think in my mind, I've always thought somebody who's sitting in a jail rotting somewhere, which is awful. And, And it would be great to be able to proclaim freedom for someone like that. Uh, and certainly we experience, uh, whether physical or, uh, spiritual captivity in that way. But as I was thinking, and as I was praying, uh, the Lord kind of pressed into my heart that 
Isaiah was probably thinking about captives who were captured or conscripted in war. And it really touched my heart because when you're, when you're captured and you're conscripted in war, you become part of the very machine that actually is further destroying those things that you love. And that is part of uh, our experience in sin, my own personal experience in sin, that I, I live in some parts of my life in captivity. Uh, whether that's through envy or covetousness or lust or fear, um, I become an instrument of harm for myself and for others rather than the instrument of blessing for which I was meant to be. And, and this, heartbreakingly enough, especially for those who I love most and are closest to most. But as Jesus uh, read this in Luke chapter four, he's proclaiming something different. His, his kingship, his kingdom uh, represents something very, very different. He is proclaiming freedom for the captive. And, um, you know, now that I'm in a relationship with Jesus and have experienced him for several years, I love it that, that I have tasted his goodness in this freedom. There are areas in my life as I walk in relationship with Jesus that I, I have experienced that freedom. And I want to celebrate that. I love that. But there are also areas in my life where I am still captive. I'm still not fully experiencing that freedom. And I want to I wanna receive and, and, and take hold, like Don said, of these promises that these things are true, that I can be free. And then I love it too, as we sit around the Lord's table, that we're actually coming together, sharing these things with one another, living in this new reality with one another. And like Don was saying, that there is a purpose, that beyond just what the Lord is doing for us and has done for us, there is something that the Lord desires to do through us, that we get to be part of bringing about freedom, proclaiming freedom to those that are captive. So as we make some time now to come before the Lord's table, come to the Lord's table, um, it is a table of celebration, a table where we celebrate the freedom that, and, the, and, and the way the Lord has bound up our broken hearts, set us free. Uh, it is also a raw and human place, this table, where there are places where I am still broken, places where I'm still captive and need his freedom. And then is, this table is also a place of noble and epic stories where we are called with our king to make and help others become free. Um, so what we do in our family is that uh, uh, before we kind of get into the scriptures every night, uh, we take about a minute to kind of calm ourselves, still ourselves, uh, have the kids kind of get a little bit of a break from whatever activity they're in, in my own heart as well. 
uh, so that we can kind of let the scripture, the word, kind of sink in as we read it together. And so uh, I'm going to ask that we pause for maybe just a little bit, and then Jen will read from 1 Corinthians, uh, and then uh, guide us as we take the elements. Um, in the first Corinthians chapter 11, he says, For I pass to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this, is, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's partake of wine to announce that he is coming again. Let us break. Oh Lord God, um, we are forever um, in awe of that night. The night you were betrayed, the night there was a table that was set before you, that you shared with your brothers and sisters and family members, that you chose to break your body and your blood and die for us. But Lord, that was not the end. You promised to, to send your counsel, your Holy Spirit to come, and you promised that you would come again. And so, Lord, in this generation, at this time, in this month, Lord, we are affirming and saying, yes, Lord, we still believe in your promise and that you are coming again. Thank you, Lord. We wait upon you, Jesus. Oh, come, Jesus. In his holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I think we're going to pass the time over to Mike now, and uh... 
When the weight of life begins to fall On the name of Jesus I'll call For I know my God is in control And His purpose is unshakable Doesn't matter what I feel doesn't matter what I see, my hope will always be in your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be in your promises to me. As I walk into the days to come, I will not forget what you have done. For you have supplied my every need, and your presence is enough for me. Yeah. Doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter what I see, my hope will always be in your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be in your promises to me. be more than enough for me you will always be more than enough for me nothing's gonna stop the plans you make nothing's gonna take your love away you will always be more than enough for me you will always be more than enough for me you will always be more than enough for me. Nothing's gonna stop the plans you made. Nothing's gonna take your love away. You will always be more than enough for me. Doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be. In your promises to me, now I'm casting out all fear, for your love is setting me free. My hope will always be in your promises to me. Doesn't matter what I feel, doesn't matter what I see, my hope will always be in your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear. For your love has set me free My hope will always be In your promises to me yeah, yeah. In your promises to me yeah. Awesome Thank you, Mike and Josh, for leading us in worship today. 
Thank you, Nancy Rodriguez, for leading us in a prayer time today. Nancy is a, is a nurse who's working on the front lines. She and so many of the other nurses and, and frontline responders in our church are always, always in our prayers. Thank you, Joe. Joe Chow, one of our elders, and his wife, Jenny, for leading us in the communion time. And behind the scenes, thank you, Dennis Sink, for making all of this happen for us on a Sunday morning. The great toilet paper giveaway was just incredible. But I know that Jennifer Mauricio wants you to understand that the drop-and-go, take-and-go initiative in the parking lot continues tomorrow, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Feel free to continue to make donations to that or to pick up things as you uh, are in need. The bags are always out there on the table, Monday to Friday, 9 to 4. Thank you, everyone, for your generosity that was expressed you know, yesterday, especially. We got to see video evidence of it. But even on a more personal level, thank you so much for your generosity and your continued giving to Avalon Church. Uh, you're doing it online. You're doing it through the email. And, and Father God, I just want to pray right now that you would bless the gifts that are given in, in uh, kind of unusual ways for some people. But they're coming from their hearts to your work, and we just ask you to bless them and, and make them prosper for the kingdom. Thank you uh, in Jesus' name. I hope you'll visit our website. There are all kinds of links there for things that are happening throughout the week. Uh, that's where you can find the link for the Tuesday and Thursday evening Zoom prayer gatherings. That's where you'll find the link for the Wednesday morning Women's Connection time. Uh, that's where you'll be able to connect to our Wednesday midweek Bible study in James. And I just want to tell you that this week, Lisa Hernandez and John Malloy will be joining me for that special time of study. And speaking of Lisa, don't miss today's Avalon Kids worship video. You can find it on YouTube and on Facebook and a link on our website, avalonchurch.org. You know, folks, you and me, all of us, we are the church. And the church is outside of the building right now, where the whole world can see our light. This is our opportunity to do exactly what Jesus asked of us that Don related to us earlier in his message. And here it is. Jesus saying to you and I, let our lights shine before others, that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. Not see our good deeds and glorify us, but when they see who we are and what we are doing in Jesus' name, they will glorify our Father. So, Lord God, I just pray today that as we go back into our world, we're not leaving the building, but we are the church alive in our communities, that you would cause our light to shine so brightly that the name of Jesus Christ will be exalted and you will get all the glory you deserve. Thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you for joining us for worship this morning, and I look forward to seeing you in some of our midweek connections and again next Sunday. In the meantime, God bless you.